what it takes to get it right. In our place, what will it take for us to get it right? I think it was somewhere around 1981 that I just got fed up of church. And I got fed up of church people. And to be honest with you, sometimes that's easy to do. And by being fed up of church people, that caused me to be somewhere where God did not want me to be. And that is out of fellowship with him. I knew that I did not have it right. That I needed to get back in fellowship with him. Every day, it appears as if wherever I opened the Bible, bam, he was speaking to me. Anybody that meet me down the road, instead of they'll call me Roderick, and which I wanted them to call me, they would say, Pastor, and that eat me up. And it seems as if every time I turn around, it was just rubbed in, rubbed in, rubbed in, rubbed in, until something strange happened. Maybe I shared it with you before. My father had given me a, a black cow nice black heifer. When he gave me the cow, she was with calf. Not long gotten married, married for about a year or two. My wife and I started a life together. We would, we would take our cow out and feed our cow, and in the evening when we would have done everything that we had to do, we would sit down on somebody else's land and feed our cow, let the cow eat the grass, and then carry our cow home. That cow gave birth to a, another heifer. A black cow gave birth to one of the most beautiful brown, beautiful brown heifers that you could see. That little calf grew up. And while she was growing up, man, you could see the hindquarters would shine under the skin. It was beautiful. You know, sometimes how you play with a horse, you would rub the horse down. If you got a good cow, you would rub the cow down. And we would, we would cherish this, 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 this blessing that God gave us. And one morning we got up, and when we got up, we noticed that the calf did not look the way it looked when we went to bed the night before. And we were trying to get to carry the cow and the calf out, and we were not able to do that, so we had to leave the calf home. Throughout the day, I noticed the calf was getting worse, so I sent for the vet. And two veterinarians came. And when they came, they started, you know, dealing with the calf, and I saw them looking one to another and shaking their heads in the negative and saying, no, no. It's like two doctors looking at somebody that's not going to make it and say, no, it don't look so. Until finally they said, hey, Roger, we got bad news. Uh, it's better that we put this calf to sleep because the calf is not going to make it through the day. The calf is seriously ill. It had appeared as if someone poisoned the calf the night before. That morning that calf died. And... Uh, my wife and I, we took that calf and put it in the front of our Volkswagen and went to a, uh, a place that we had. We used to feed our animals and dug a hole and, and buried a calf. And after we buried a calf, I could hear a voice saying, 
the closest things to you I will take away. Shannon is next. The closest things to you I will take away. Shannon is next. Wait, wait. We may, Lord. If you don't get it right, I would have to do whatever it takes to make sure you get it right. Shannon is next. And I said to my wife, I told my wife exactly what, what I thought the Lord said to me. And I said, I would not let that happen. So I said, Sunday morning, you and Shan go in church. And she said, Raj, you are going to take us to church. We are going to church. And for me, I still don't like church people. I don't want to be with them. And I didn't want to go. And he said, Shannon is next. You got a choice to make. Whether you'll allow me to take your daughter, or you'll do what's right. It became so strong that one day I cried out, Lord, no, Lord. I won't let you do that. Went back to church. Got it right. What it took? It took the Lord saying to me, and I thank him for saying it to me because he could have done it without saying it to me, that the things that are closest to you the things that you love, the things that are keeping you away from me, those things I'm going to take, including your daughter. For some of us, we know that we got it wrong. and We need to get it right. But for some, they believe that they got it right. This man was one. Who believed that he had it right until God showed up. Sometimes God allows strange things to happen for us to get it right. This man, no doubt, was worshiping in the temple. And in Isaiah chapter 6, verse number 1, the Bible says, In the year that King Uzziah died. Wow. Why would this chapter have to start with the death of a king? I'm sure that the man of God looked up to the king. Maybe. Maybe he looked up to the king more than he looked up to God. And God allowed this king to be taken out of the way. The year that King Uzziah died. What happened after that king died in that year? Isaiah, the man of God, said, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train Filled the temple. He didn't say, I saw the Lord. He said, I saw also the Lord. So he saw someone before. Who was it? No doubt, King Uzziah. Where King Uzziah was? Sitting upon a throne. Now he's out of the way. And Isaiah said, now that he's out of the way, I saw also the Lord he was sitting upon a throne. He was high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. The next verse says, Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain, or with two of the wings, he covered his face. With twain, he covered his feet. And with twain, he did fly. So with six wings, 
He only used two to fly, two to cover the face, two to cover the feet. The next verse says, And one cried unto another, saying, Saying what? Holy! Holy! Holy is the Lord of hosts! The whole earth is full of his glory. Wow! In heaven, crying out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. When that happened, the Bible said, and the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. Something happened. What's the next word? Come and talk to me. What's the next word? Then is the next word. It, 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 Pastor White, it never happened before then. After all this happened, now something is about to happen that never happened before. Then said I, who's speaking? The man of God, the prophet of God, he said, when I saw all of this, he said, then said I, what did he say? Woe, Woe is me. Uh, why did he say that? He said, for I am a man undone. He says, because I am a man of unclean lips. And not only that I am a man with unclean lips, he said, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Why? For mine eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Did not see it before. Everything seems to be all right before. When that happened, the scripture said, Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand. You know what a live coal? Anybody have a barbecue? When it's red, it's live. Now when it's gray, when it's red, it's live. Having a, a, a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongue from off the altar. Grabbed it. You know them thing where you grab the chicken with? Yeah. Hey. I wonder what he did with it. I wonder what he did with this live coal. The scripture said, and he laid it upon my mouth. Whose mouth? Isaiah's mouth. Who was Isaiah? The prophet, the man of God. Where was Isaiah? In the temple. Serving his God, he said, and said, Lord, this had touched my lips. Some lips needs to be touched with a live coal. And I need iniquity. Watch this. The live call, he said. Now, now that it has been touched by the live call, he said. And thine iniquity is taken away. And I send purge. He said, I've done the job for you. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, watch this. Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then said I. Watch it then again. After what? The touch with the life cool, sins forgiven, purged clean. Then said I, Here am I. After he presented himself, he said, Send me. And he said, Go and tell this people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not, 
and see ye indeed, but perceive not. Now, my boy Jonah would have loved this message. My boy Jonah would have loved to have this message to carry down to Nineveh. Because he wanted to see all those people destroyed. Make the heart of the people fat and make their ears heavy and shut their eyes lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and convert and be healed. Wow. Wow. If you would have read that in any other book different to the Bible, you would have declared that God didn't say that. Our Father, it is the word that you have given to me for your people today. I pray that you would use it in a way, dear God, that you would be honored and glorified and that your people would be helped and that the lost would be saved. Help us, dear Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. What it takes to get it right. I've come to know that as you and I continue to grow as Christians, we see God in a different light. Just think about it. As we continue to grow as Christians, we see God in a different light. We begin to see him as he is holy. When we see him as he is holy, that causes us to see ourselves different to how we look at ourselves before we saw God in all his holiness. When we see him as holy, we didn't take a look at ourselves and we began to see ourselves different to how we see ourselves before we saw him. All vital Christian experience begins with the vision of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May I remind you this morning that it was Isaiah who was worshiping in the temple. When suddenly he was overwhelmed with a tremendous sense of the Lord's presence, according to verse number one, down to verse number five. There's some things that I've noticed in this text that I want to bring to your attention this morning and free my heart. What are these things? Number one, when I look at this text, I begin to ask myself some questions and get the answers from the text. And the first question was, what this man of God saw. What Isaiah saw. He said, I, stay with me now, I did what? Saw the Lord. <laughs> when did he see the Lord? Come on, talk to me, church. When he saw the Lord? After the death of the king. Sometimes God got to move some people out of the way for others to get the same. Tough but true. Tough but true. Sometimes God got to move some things out of the way so that we can get to see him. Sometimes the things that the people that stand before us, we, that God is so focused on those things and those people that we think that we are seeing God. We're looking through him, through the people and the things. But when, we, when the people and the things are moved out of the way, guess what? We see God clearly. Not only that he saw the Lord. He said he saw the Lord in the glory that was his before he came to earth to be our savior. 
He looked at our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and he saw him in all of this glory that he had before he came to earth to be our Savior. In John, the 14th chapter, in the 41st verse, and in chapter 17, verse number 5, here's what the scripture says. John 14, and verse, uh, John 12, sorry, and verse number 41. John 12, and verse number 41. These things said, Isaiah, are, come talk to me, church. These things said, Isaiah, same man talking. These things said, Isaiah, when he saw his glory and he spoke of him. Again, the New Testament is revealing to us that this man, Isaiah, saw the glory of God. And when he saw the glory of God, guess what he did? He began to speak about God and his glory. In chapter 17, verse number 5, the Bible says, And now, Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory I had with thee before the world was. I am saying to you that the whom Isaiah saw was none other than the Lord Jesus Christ and his full glory before he came to earth to die for our sins. He saw the eternal son of God who was, who is, one with the Father, and the Holy Spirit in creation. That's who he saw. He saw the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. One with the Father, one with the Holy Spirit in creation. For in Colossians chapter number 1 and verse number 16, the Bible says, For by him, who him? The Son of God. For by him, all things were created. Where they were created. Things that are in heaven. And that are in all things that are visible, things that are invisible, whether there be thrones or dominions or principalities and powers, we conclude with the matter. What's the conclusion? All things were created by him and all things were created for him. What a savior Isaiah saw. What a God who created all things, one with the Father, one with the Holy Spirit of God. In Hebrews, not only in creation, but in redemption. In Hebrews chapter number one, verse number one down to verse number three, the Bible says, God, who at sundry, stay with me, times and divers manner spake in time past, Unto the fathers by the prophets. In other words, in time past, he spoke to us through the prophets. Has anything changed? The next verse says, Hath in these last days spoken unto us by... Talk to me, church. He has spoken unto us by his son, whom he had appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. Look at verse number three. Who been in the brightness of his glory, and he expressed image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sin. Who did? Who did? Who did? Jesus. When he had purged our sin, notice what he did. Going back to heaven, the Bible said, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. And Isaiah said, I saw him long before that sitting on a throne high and lifted up. He's back there now. He's back there now. Not only that he saw the Lord, but he saw the Lord reigning. Are you with me? He saw the Lord 
and he saw the Lord reigning. In verse number one, he said, he was seated on a throne. That speaks of majesty. Mm. He's the one that is in control. He is reigning. Way back then, Isaiah would tell you, there is a, a, a throne established in heaven forever. Way back then, he would say there is a throne, and that throne is established in heaven, but that, stone, that, that, that throne is established in heaven, and it is established in heaven forever, the psalmist tells us in Psalms chapter number 45 and verse number 6. Here's what he said. He said, thy throne, O God. Come on, talk to me, church. He said, thy throne, O God, is forever. The scepters of thy kingdom is a right scepter. In other words, he's saying the throne of God is an everlasting throne. Nobody can dethrone him. Kings rise, kings fall. Leaders rise, leaders fall. My God will be there forever. Isaiah said, I saw him. I saw him reigning then. And the psalmist said, you will always see him reigning upon that throne because that throne is established forever. Notice something else. He saw the Lord being worshipped. You know, it's one thing to sit on a throne, but he noticed, he, he said, I saw the Lord and I saw the Lord being worshipped. Look at verse number one and in verse number two, here's what the scripture says in regards to that. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon the throne. Notice where, where, where he was. He said he was high and lifted up and, and his train filled the temple. Woo, could you imagine? Verse number two says, above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings and with train he covered his face and with train he covered his feet and with train, what did he do? He fly. He saw him high and lifted up, exalted. The angelic beings were exalted, exalting the one who is worthy of worship. Hey folks, when we come to church, it, it will do all of us good if we would leave our bad attitudes outside. Are you with me church? If we would leave all of our problems outside, if we would leave all of our anger outside, if we would leave all of our hatred outside, if we would leave all of the, our bitterness outside and come to church with a clean heart to worship and glorify God, even if somebody beside you tell you keep quiet, you tell them, watch what, you don't know what I've been going through, you can't keep me quiet. You saw him being worshipped. Who did you worship this morning? In your attitude when you came to church, who did you worship? You sure? You sure you worship God? You think sometimes them, them, them song that we come sing, Lord, I come, I come to confess. Look, she, oh, you really believe that's the way it is? Hey, folks, you got to get out of yourself. You got to get away from everybody else and tune into God. You know, sometimes, sometimes, some. I had never seen my wife worship God like how I see her worshiping God these last months. Sometimes she put me to shame. In the night when I want to sleep, she up singing. Ask her to come sing in church, not me. This morning there was a song that she was singing. What's the name of that song? 
And I said, that would be good just before the message. And she said that. I wouldn't hear her. She said, you want me to sing it? But I didn't hear her. She said, but you didn't answer me. I said, but what did you say? She said, but since you didn't hear me, uh, don't worry, but I'd ask if you want me to sing it. I say, if you were to sing it, you would get more hallelujah, praise the Lord this morning. She said, she said I would get more people laughing after me. I said, nah, no, watch, watch. Here's what I said. Anybody that is really in tune with God would hear you sing, would not laugh after you. Mm. Not only that, Isaiah saw the Lord being worshipped, he saw his purity and his holiness. Ah, folks. Sister Florence, you get it? He saw his purity and he saw his holiness. When you look at me, it doesn't matter all the things that I got right. Mena, you could never see that because you're not looking for that. The little thing that I may not have right, the little thing that you may not have right, the little thing that the other person may not have right, we focus on that. Yeah, but you can't focus on nothing on him that he don't have right. We saw, he saw him in his holiness. Look at verse number three. Verse number three of our text says, And one cried unto another and said, This is not just church people. These are angelic beings that are with him every day throughout eternity. One cried, and what, what were they crying and saying? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. He, he, he was there now being worshipped. They saw him in his purity and in his holiness. The very angelic beings had to cover their faces when they looked at the holiness of God. They took two of the wings and covered their faces because God is so holy that they could not look upon him. They could not look on him with their natural eye. I noticed something else, what he saw. He saw his power. Verse number three and verse number five, he is spoken of of the Lord of hosts, the king, the all-ruling one. Are you with me? The king. The all, some, sometimes people look at me and, that's Roderick. Other people look at him as, that's Webster. Other people look at him as Pastor Webster. But don't you know that? That one of these days, that I won't be Pastor Webster. But he will always be the king. You never have to change from him. He will always be the king. He will always be the ruling one. Hmm. Not only that, Isaiah saw his majesty. He said, my eyes have seen the king in verse number five. Boy, time will not permit me to give you all of this. So I'm going to run through it a little bit quickly. He said, my eyes have seen the king. Not only that, he saw his majesty in verse number five. In verse number three, he saw his future glory. He said, the whole earth is full of his glory. The whole earth is full of his glory. Whose glory? Not Isaiah's glory. The glory of God. Yes, they're glorifying it in heaven. He said, but there's coming a time that the whole earth will be filled with his glory. Hallelujah. This is the king that I serve, the king of kings and lord of lords. I wonder, when Isaiah saw all of this, 
I wonder what happened. When you see God as he is, something must happen. One of the things that will happen is that you will see yourself as you are. Sorry, Pastor White, for me to measure myself by you and look at your mistakes and make myself look good, but measure myself by God every time I got a duck because I can't look good in front of him. And anytime you get a good picture of who God is, anytime God reveals himself to you, something must happen. So what happened to Isaiah? Secondly, what he saw brought a deep conviction. Hello, are you with me? What Isaiah saw did something to him. It convicted him. When Isaiah saw the Lord, he became convicted. It brought a deep humbling and conviction of sin. And Isaiah himself, first of all, Isaiah pronounced a war on himself. Look at verse 5. Look at verse 5. <laughs> then said I, after what? After seeing the Lord and all that I've explained to you and more, after seeing the Lord, it caused Isaiah to stop looking across the people and look at himself and he said, Woe is me. What it did, it brought a deep conviction. He says, woe is me for I am undone. I wonder what Isaiah's problem was. I wonder if chance that some of us are infected with the same thing that Isaiah was infected with. I wonder what's his problem. He says, Isaiah, why did you pronounce a war upon you? Isaiah, why did you say that you are undone? He didn't say he's undone or she's undone. He said, woe is me, for I am undone. Isaiah, why did you say that? Whenever you get hold of God, God will bring the deep conviction and he will show you what it is. What was it? He says, because I am a man. Blah, 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 blah. I am a man of unclean lips. And by the way, Barbaric, God is looking for a man to go speak for him. What you speak with? He needs clean lips. But watch this, Brother Barry. Not only that he's a man of unclean lips. He said, I dwell in the midst of a people with unclean. So other words, I am no better than them. How you can help them? And God is looking for a man. But in order for God to find this man, God got to show this man who God is. Isaiah pronounced a woe on himself. There was distress, misery. When he said woe, that's what he meant. Misery, distress. 
You cannot have a vision of God without the consciousness of sin. Just cannot. You cannot. Here's a man in church. Here's a man not, 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 not doing anything. But he has a problem. And God is looking for a man. And he has to do something. In order to find this man. You cannot have a vision of the Lord without the consciousness of sin. Acts Jude, chapter 42, verse 5 and verse number 6. And then we can ask Peter in Luke 5 and verse number 8. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. Job said before, I was just hearing about you. But Job said now that you put me down, and this is verse number chapter 42. This is chapter 42. We've done gone from chapter 1 all the way down to chapter number 42. In other words, Job has suffered all that he has suffered. And now he's coming to the end of his suffering. And he said, I have heard about you. He said, but now I've experienced you. He said, wherefore, I abhor myself. And I repent in dust and, and ashes. Job, what do you mean when you say you abhor? The Bible said, abhor that which is evil. Cling to that which is good. In other words, the opposite of love. That's what Job is, is now saying. In other words, he's, he's now saying, I hate myself. A man whom God called an upright man. Job still looked and found out when it comes to God, he was wanting. He said, I adhor myself. And I repent in dust and ashes. What is there to repent of? Your sin. How you know that even though God said you are a just man, how you know you have sinned? Because you have seen the Lord. You have seen the difference between God and man. And now that you are measuring yourself by God, Job said, Whoa, I am found wanting. Luke chapter 5 and verse number 8. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down on his knees saying, what did he see? All Peter saw was a, 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 a net of fish that began to sink boats that was coming around. And he was fishing all night and he didn't catch nothing. He said, cast your net on the other side. And when he cast his net on the other side, he started to board the fish and the boat started to go down. And he called the rest boats that were close to him and he filled up the boats and the Bible said, they began to sink. And when they began to sink, Peter said, he said, I fell down at his head. Jesus knees saying, depart from me. I am a sinful man. Why would Peter say that he's a sinful man? He now met with a righteous man. He now met with a righteous man. John, in the book of Revelation, chapter 1 and verse number 7, he says, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. You cannot come in contact with Christ and still think that you are what you're not. Cannot. Cannot. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And when he laid his right hand upon me, saying, Fear not, for I am the first and the last. Many of us need to get a glimpse of who God is. 
Like I said before, you cannot see God for who he is and still think that you are next to him. No, no, no. You just cannot. It is true. Sin separates from God. Are you with me? Just let sin get in your life, and you'll notice what will happen. It doesn't matter what you try to put on on the outside. If sin is in your life, it separates you from God. Always remember that. Sin separates from God. When Adam sinned, what did he do? He hid from God. Sin. S-I-N. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 59, verse 1, and in verse number 2, he says, Behold, the hand of the Lord is not shortened, that it cannot save. Neither is ear heaven, that he cannot hear. Your iniquity. What am I trying to prove? Sin separates from God. Your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. A lot of people, professing Christians, could wake up next morning less tired if they go to sleep a little earlier. In other words, the time that some Christians wasting saying that they are praying with sin in their lives, and not making that right, take my foolish advice. If you don't intend to make it right, go sleep. You would wake up next morning less tired. But your iniquity have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you. That he will not hear. What caused that? S-I-N. Sin. Caused God not to hear. Notice what sin did in Matthew chapter number 27 and verse number 46. And about the ninth hour, watch this. Let me show you how sin separates. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli. Lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Could you imagine God the Father forsaken God the Son? What separated them? Got it? Second Corinthians chapter five and verse number twenty-one. Did he sin? No. Watch this. No. For he had made him to be sin for us. Who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of him. And when he made him, when he made him to be sin for us, he recognized that the father forsook him. So some of us believe God will understand that's the way God understands. That's his son. Yes. But he forsook him. 
Because of what? Because of your sin. Because of my sin. Because of the sins of the world. Sin separates. No matter who you are, sin separates. <laughs> sin is a separator. We like crowbars. Pry bars, some people call them pry bars. When we pour concrete and we're taking out the farms, one of the things that we want to have is a pry bar. Am I correct, Builder? We want a pry bar. Because now the, we put the farms together so tight that we did not want them bust out, but now we're taking them off. So we got to get a pry bar and pry off everything that we put on. Sin is like a pry bar. It separates. It separates you from God. Don't harbor it. It's terrible. So what he saw brought, brought what? A deep conviction. You cannot see God as he is and not be convicted. Well, that was part one of What It Takes, What It Takes, preached live here at the Good News Baptist Church on St. Martin. That message was delivered by our senior pastor, Pastor Roderick Webster. Please be on the lookout for part number two, where he continues this message. This has been a production of The Good News, presented by the Good News Baptist Church here on St. Martin, where it's all about Jesus. And the vision is to develop a loving community of believers who, as a result of a sincere love for God, glorifying worship to God, and a growing commitment to know Christ and make Him known, impact the community and the world.